Welcome to the Judging More Than Just the Cover podcast. I'm Amber Gregg. I'm Kate Oda. And I'm James Moore. And today we are going to be talking about The Last Day by Luann Rice. It's a crime mystery novel about two sisters after a traumatic event in their childhood, which led to the murder of their mother and incarceration of their father over a stolen painting. And the book starts off with the murder of one of the sisters, Beth, and the investigation that takes place after that. And the detective from both cases is the same, Connor Reed. So initial thoughts. I got so mad at this book. I finished it in line for the ferry on my commute and I got out my phone and I wrote a giant rage note so that I would remember everything I hated about the end of this book for this discussion. Oh, well, then maybe we will agree. I thought we were going to have differing opinions, Kate. Nope. (laughs) Okay, well... Um, my initial thought on the book was real disappointment. And I just, there was, there's a lot of things that I can put my hands on why I didn't like it. And there's some, also some other stuff that I really can't put my finger on, but didn't like, I just didn't like the book overall. Um, as far as the style, how it was done, I, I, that's the only bright spot that, you know, as far as the writing style, but the way the story was handled, I think the story was kind of botched and, Parts of it was obvious and it it was not entertaining for me. So I will say the first like red flag for me was before I even started reading the book. And again, not to judge a book before I read it, but the fact that, well, one, the author has so many books. When I went to search for it, it was like every other book was easily available except this one. Like I couldn't even find it in a library in print, ebook or audio versions. I was like, wow, where is it? But she had so many other books. Not to say that authors who have published a lot of books are by default not going to be good books, but in my experience, when I find a writer that's like what I would consider like mass market paperback, like they output a lot of books all the time. But I, I find with like crime mystery novels, that seems to happen more. They just want to like output a lot and then people eat it up and they're like this, you know, it's just something to read or like crime mysteries. Um, but I I tend to find that those books aren't anything like really spectacular or really um, creative. But I did have a question for you, James, because you recommended this book because your wife really enjoyed it and recommended it. So I was curious if you and her had a discussion about the book. Oh, not as of yet. (laughs) And I I think I want to dodge that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I didn't much care for the book. I, I don't speak of the book around her. <laughs> so was this like, she really, really loved this book? Or no, it was just, a, I think this would be good for you guys. Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I know she, she recommended Calculating Stars. So I'm trying to remember her recommending this book. Are we sure that she did? I'm pretty sure because I don't, I had never heard of this book. Yeah. But yeah. Now I know that I know the author is a pretty prolific author. So, you know, I've heard about a lot of her other stuff, but I hadn't read any of it, but no, I don't, I have not discussed this book with Donna in, and no, nor do I plan to unless under duress. Because I was gonna, I would be very interested to hear hear how that conversation goes if you do have that conversation. So, Don, if you're listening, okay. So now, under <laughs> things to cut do, it all out. <laughs> under things to do, things to know, Amber can never meet Donna. <laughs> My, 
she might bring up the book. Um, I'll ask her. I will and and get back to you. We'll you know, never if hear you, of it again. <laughs> if you want to hit pause, I can run upstairs and ask her. About it. <laughs> no, it's okay. You can do a follow up and and we'll add it in. But um, no, I was just curious. But it, it's we don't fault her. She did recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. it, yeah, it kind of surprises me because usually she recommends stuff that I like to read. So, so yeah, my my initial thought. So that was my initial thought before reading it. Like, okay, this is probably going to be like a pretty generic kind of like formulaic crime mystery novel. And after reading it, my thought was it was a pretty generic formulaic <laughs> crime mystery novel that was really nothing special. And I don't know, crime mystery novels. I feel like are they have to be really tough to write because you have to give enough clues where a reader could guess it, but you don't want it to be so obvious that they're bored or like, oh, that was not interesting at all. And then I've read some where it's like, there's no way there were no clues at all. Nothing hinting to it. That's like Agatha Christie. And that's why Mm -hmm. no matter how interesting her books are, they're so frustrating because you get to the end and she's like, somebody blinked and like they made this like string pop and that's how they pretended they were murdered or, you know, something like that. It's like, how would you ever guess that? That's not even like pause. I don't know. Anyway, I think that it is really tough to write this kind of genre. And this just really fell flat for me. Yeah, I would have to agree. And the uh, going with the Agatha Christie uh, example, I got I got to tell you, I've never read any of her books. But out of curiosity, I did watch Murder on the Orient Express. And it's a classic. Everybody talks about how great the movie is. People talk about the book. And spoiler alert, everybody, if you haven't read or seen the movie, I felt really cheated at the end because, you know, I like you said, I want to figure something out. The solution of everybody did it pissed me off. I was like, that's just cheating. That's unfair. You know, you're not going to guess everybody did it. But um, but that's what she did. And this book had nothing in there that would entice somebody to guess or be, figure out who did it. And it was pretty blatant. It didn't even give you a chance to go in the wrong direction with the guy that they, they obviously they wanted you to go in the you know somebody's direction to say okay Pete did it but his alibi was so tight and you can tell that the the police officer was just after him just because he didn't like the guy it was so telegraphed that that can't be him so you're just stuck with waiting to the end when you get this big reveal and trying to be a shocker of telling you who it ended up being at the end yeah i'll tell you i knew which character knew who did it uh i knew it was scotty's like sort of nonverbal daughter. I was like, she knows. She she either saw it or she overheard something. Like this girl knows who did it specifically mm-hmm. because she's nonverbal, and that's how the author's going to keep it from us. Or my alternative theory that I was like less less into was that the sister Kate did it and was having some sort of repressive episode where she was purposefully not remembering that she was the murderer, a la girl on a train type of situation. Uh, which I didn't like then and I still don't like. So I was just waiting for someone to talk to that girl long enough uh, to be told who the murderer was. And that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Yeah, that was my thought too, is that it could have been Kate because they did kind of hint at her having some like blackout moments. Like, okay. But again, like you said, Kate, that whole like unreliable narrator is really played out. 
and I don't remember what, what year this book came out, but it was really popular when Girl on the Train came out that like all, like every mystery book that came out, thriller that came out <laughs> a few years after mm-hmm. that, it seems like just had an unreliable narrator. Uh, but then my other thought was that it could have been the detective because, wow, he was really creepy. And <gasps> yes, and I could not even, all of it was super inappropriate. Every single thing he did, he stalked Kate. Yeah, he, for years. Yeah, years. Yeah, and they were little kids. They were little yeah. kids when he was a detective. And he was mm-hmm. like, it's not a, he was concerned about them because they were kids and their mom was murdered and all that. Like he clearly had some sort of like romantic attraction to her and then tried to kiss her in like really inappropriate moments. And I don't know, all that was weird. So I'm like, maybe he killed, maybe he killed Beth or like maybe he, I don't even know, maybe he was jealous. He found about that. I don't know how it would have worked because he was one of the narrators and he, but I thought maybe that's how he was trying to pin it on Pete so much or maybe he didn't remember that he did it but yeah super super creepy his obsession and somebody should have commented on that and put him in his place because I'm surprised no one realized that yeah in the book it was just never addressed just they were just like oh yeah the creepy cop Uh uh-huh let's hang out with him like no get a restraining order first of all (laughs) like what are you doing no I told 100 percent Yeah, that was a that was an odd relationship. And his character wasn't handled well at all as far as, you know, trying to trying to get some sympathy. I, I think the, the goal was to get us some sympathy for the girls in that way, what they had been through and the fact that he's watching over him, seeing all these tragic, tragic things happen. But when you go after him, bro, after one romantically, you're like, I got distracted from that part of it. So, yeah, I was like, you know, we're looking at this. This is a creepy horror movie yeah yeah that was kind of weird and then you know, I feel like my, my problem was also why he wasn't questioning certain people or like why he didn't know about certain things like I get that people were keeping secrets from him but that didn't really make sense to me either like their explanation like Lulu and Scotty knew about Jed and, and Kate didn't so it makes sense why Kate wouldn't have brought it up but why wouldn't Lulu and Lulu at least bring up the fact that Beth was having an affair and that she knew about it and like she knew a lot of other things she was keeping secret and it's like why would you get a secret scotty makes sense because she had a lot of stuff she wanted to hide obviously but (laughs) i don't know it was either like really poor detective work that he wasn't finding these things out or asking these questions or it was just really bad writing (laughs) i I wonder if if he was to stay in character i wonder if he was even told about you know the affair and stuff like that would he even consider it because he he just he had this weird reverence for both of the girls thinking that they were perfect victims and perfect people and could do no wrong and I have to protect them and you know the the thought that they were doing anything shady I think just bounced off him yeah but in his defense uh the abusive husband of Beth was a horrible person and he had way too many point of views like I hated being in his head I hated it (laughs) I was like nah next Next. Uh, so like, I also would have suspected him in real life because he seemed like a horrible person. Well, and it usually is the husband mm-hmm. in real life, right? I mean, that's the first person that they look at. But then I was really, really confused by like the red herring conveniently named Harris, um, the the rapist guy. That, oh, like all of a sudden he's like trying to connect that. And it's like, it's not even the same scenario. I don't know. It just 
seemed like a stretch to just try to make the reader think that there was another possibility. Yeah, yeah. That, that was that was a waste of time in in book reading terms. And a lot of the story just ended up being about Connor. I just imagine him with a hammer hammering a square peg into a round hole, trying to make one fit. You know, whether it's you know the, the red herring guy or whether it's Pete trying to just make them fit into the the role of murderer and you know the solution kind of just fell in his lap you know the guy i get the guy should be fired <laughs> right literally he was walking up to the party and they're like god he did it god he did it god he did it but I almost think it would have been a better book if it did end up being Kate, because then it would have been a conflict in Detective Reed's mind because he would have to accept that it was her when, as you said, James, he thought that she could do no wrong. And so that would have made it a bit more interesting. Like Scotty, I just didn't even care about Scotty. I didn't really care about any any characters, but definitely not the side characters. And I honestly had a really hard time keeping all the characters straight in the beginning, like all the friends, because most of them their names were kind of strange and like like is that scotty is that a man or a woman and sam so it was there were just so many names that were similar and also hard to keep track of because they weren't really i don't know the characters just didn't seem important to me i'm like why do we need to know about all these friends like the friendship subplot was really bizarre like a blood oath and i'm like what in the world i don't know like if you're gonna have a story about sisters that are bonded by this trauma like why do you need to bring in this like weird blood oath friendship with them like I don't know that seemed really really out of place yeah I I think Scotty could have made sense as the murderer if her husband who she had been like suspecting of cheating anyway had been cheating with Beth if it was his baby right then I'd be like ah yes Scotty is the murderer but it wasn't so it doesn't make sense and she doesn't even know if he was cheating at all he was no yeah long runs yeah So, like, she just killed her friend because she was like, oh, well, you cheated on your husband, and I guess I'm Batman now, so I'll just (laughs) dole out some justice. Like, no. (laughs) Right, and, like, not even just, like murdered like like beat to death and like did all this other stuff to like make it seem yeah the panty thing (laughs) yeah like it's not like oh i just pushed her and she hit her head like oops like this is like i intentionally went after her yeah it, it didn't make any sense the motive didn't make sense yeah uh, the way I see this book is, you know, I'm I'm fixing my lunch. I'm making I'm making a peanut butter sandwich, and I trip and fall, and the peanut butter lands on the floor. I can't save the sandwich. I can't save. You know, I have to start over. That's what. That's how I felt about this book. You know, in totality, that you had something there, but you know, when you when you mess things up, when you when you made your mistake and tripped and drop the bread, it landed with the peanut butter down and you needed to just start over. I I disagree. I think you're making a peanut butter sandwich. You reach for the jelly. You get a can of tuna and you're like, no one will see this coming. (laughs) And then you you serve it to someone. (laughs) So in your mind, what would have made this a better story? Well, I think the suggestion um, of the uh, the other sister being the uh, the murderer that that has some potential there. Yeah, I think I think Kate has a talent for book fixing. I think that should be a thing. <laughs> Somebody should 
and say, you know, this this story is not quite working out. What if what if what's broken? And then, you know, go to Kate and say, you need to change this person to the murderer. Get back to work. I mean, to be fair, Amber was the one who said that Kate should be the murderer. I was the one who said I didn't want Kate to be the murderer because it was too uh, too girl on a train or Uh, gone girl or whatever. I I think that almost you can't go any further down. I think almost anything make you make it go up. (laughs) That's true. So it was interesting because at the same time I was reading this book, I was listening to Into the Water by Paul Hawkins, which was author of Girl on the Train. And so they actually had some similarities because in that book, it was about two sisters and the one sister with the daughter gets murdered and the other sister has to come and help take care of the daughter. Um, And so it was a mystery about that, a crime mystery. The rest of the, the book is very different but it was weird to kind of be reading them at the same time and then ooh sister is a good you know like <laughs> um so it, it did have some parallels in like where it makes you think like it could be the family but I think that one was a lot better in terms of how the mystery was painted and solved um so I I don't know I think that the book also had some really strange subplots and like lots of backstory about the different characters that I didn't think was needed and there were some things like there was um an injured bunny subplot it's like why do we like she found something she wants to take care of that was really weird and then um of course I mentioned the blood oath that didn't really make sense to me it was kind of weird and then the whole like Beth cut the painting herself and then her and I believe it was Lulu wrote on there with the hearts I'm like how old are you like I, I again it would make sense if it was like the two sisters and like they went through that trauma together but like for this random friend to be like I'm bonded to you let's cut our fingers and draw on the back of this really expensive painting together I don't know it just it was just really bizarre like why is that necessary how does that even make sense um and then you have I don't, I don't know I have Karen. a question for uh, for us did, yeah. was there a character that any any of you guys that either of you guys liked as far as a character uh no uh maybe kind of reed's brother which was the only one that was like what are you doing <laughs> he was the only one trying to like talk to some sense yeah no i don't think i really cared about any of the characters i don't think any of them were even with the amount of backstory they put into these different characters i don't feel like anyone was fully fleshed out they all were kind of flat and i think that's why i had a hard time keeping them straight for a while yeah i'll agree with that because, I mean, it, it seemed like everyone had the same want, right? Like, we want to find the murderer, but also no one was good at that or making any real progress for the vast majority of the book. So it just felt really stifled because you're like, but we're not solving the mystery. Like, nothing, mm, you know? It was really frustrating. And another thing, there were like two POVs for Beth, like from the grave at the end. Oh yeah. That was weird. And I'm going to say cut those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I, that was so bad. I forgot about it. <laughs> that was, that was I had awful. that in my notes. I'm like, that's I, death diary entry. Too. Like, yeah. what? Like what is this like a supernatural book all of a sudden? Like how, she's telling us like about her death and she was talking about someone at her grave too. It's like it should be a ghost. And yeah, then her she, and Kate were talking at the end too. Like this yeah. is really weird. Yeah, she made now, no sense to me. Yeah, now you're making me more pissed off about the book now that I remember that. 
because <laughs> I remember it, it was a while since I had finished the book. But the, that whole thing at the end, it, it it seemed that the author that could not make up her mind what kind of book she's doing. Is it a supernatural thing or is it a murder mystery? It's the murder mystery that's not a murder mystery because there's nobody bringing any clues for you to figure out and try to reason anything. The characters are not fleshed out. So even the people, the few characters that I know I don't like and the ones that have potential, I don't I don't know because I don't know. them. So it was a I don't know, it was an overall what the hell is going on book. I think it's really tricky when you do try to change a genre. I think it can be done. I've read books like that where at the end there's a twist and it is, um, you know, paranormal mystery instead. And it can be done successfully. And it is really shocking to the reader. Like, oh, but this was not it. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yes. So a character we have not talked about yet really is Jed. So this is the lover of uh, Beth, which I thought was kind of, it kind of made sense that she would end up with a lover because she's trying to move on. But I didn't really understand why so many people were trying to hide the fact that she had a lover and like she didn't tell Kate and they were supposedly really close. Um, So that felt just kind of weird. But the fact that he was like this homeless artist just seemed like it didn't really fit her character. And I guess that's what they were trying to explain too. Like, well, that doesn't really fit, but it does because he's the total opposite of Pete. But I'm like, I think you're right, Kate. If it had been a character we actually were connected to in another way, like Gotti's husband, it would have made more sense for the end. But it's like, in the end, he didn't really have anything to do with anything at all besides maybe being the dad. Yeah, I, I didn't like him. It didn't make sense to me that this prissy art world lady would go have sex in a tent with a stranger like i'm not even that prissy as this art world lady and i wouldn't do that at all like no i need indoors i need plumbing like well you know to be fair she i'm sure she met him in the chow line while she was working at the uh the shelter because that was i think where they started their relationship and you know, he probably laid the line on her to want to see my tent sometime. But um, <laughs> the the attempt that they made was that, you know, he's he's an artist. She's into art. He's incredibly talented, but, you know, und- undiscovered and down on his luck. And it, it might have even been interesting if, you know, this was a guilty pleasure thing. And, you know, she was actually ashamed that, you know, you're hanging out in a tent with a guy but you know that it wasn't i don't really know what happened because i mean they touched on some some of the facts but really didn't get into their relationship except for the fact that they hooked up and maybe made maybe made a baby they didn't even make that a solid thing so it that the that whole homeless artist guy was kind of like a, a trifling thing for me it was like you know are, are you going to get to what's happening here are you going to tell me what's going on and they never really did yeah, speaking of the, the food shelter, there was that was the connection with Harris, the rapist. He went there and there was a line where Scotty says she thought his crimes were unfortunate. He's been through like like unfortunate things or whatever. And it's like, huh, that's a really way, weird way to talk about the fact that he's a rapist and he was in prison for that. Um, so that was kind of a red flag to me about her character. I'm like, yeah, that's that's really weird. Um, and I'm surprised that that was even in the book at all. <laughs> yeah, no, did not like that, uh, that plot line. <laughs> 
Yeah, they, they could have. There's a lot of this book. They could have left out. They could have left out the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I thought really the whole like major thought plot of this painting, and it almost would have been more interesting if the book was based on that initial backstory about the parents and how the mom died and the kids. Like, I wonder if that was one of her previous books. I have not read any of her other books, but the way that they touched on it, it almost seemed like, oh, maybe that was one of her earlier books about Detective Reed, and then she revisited it at a later point. But I feel like that is the more interesting story, because this story in the future just has a creepy detective and all these characters we don't know anything about, and then the painting ends up not even being stolen at all. So it has nothing to do with the art world. So we're told all this stuff about the art world, and then it has nothing to do with that it all just seems like filler mm. well you know if that whole backstory scenario was and then another book the ending really sucks because <laughs> because <laughs> because think about it it has to end with you know mother murder kids traumatized painting you know i mean uh, all under the pretense father goes to jail for murder and all because of uh, a painting yeah that's a sucky ending i'm i'm not saying that i want the waltons but, uh, you know, something in between. Uh, well, don't forget, it actually ends with a meet cute between an adult detective and a teenage victim. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, why don't you see me in 10 years? That's what you said. So I can probably guess, but overall, final thoughts rating clearly none of us would recommend it no i'm just gonna i'm gonna ruin my title of santa claus if you guys listened to our last mini episode uh one star going going total scrooge it's one star because i can't give zero like the the writing was in english it was copy edited and i enjoyed zero of the words uh you may enjoy this if there's literally nothing else to read (laughs) The back of a shampoo bottle might be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll have more complicated words, that's for sure. Wow. Is, is that all? Is that the, <laughs> I don't want to jump in the middle. Did you touch on all your points from your rant? <laughs> I think the one the one thing I didn't talk about from my rant was that uh, Nicola should have left Pete at the very least, and she didn't because she's a coward. So, yeah. Uh, and there's a little vomit emoji. <laughs> In regards to a specific part or just the entire book? Mostly the cop. Oh, I was also mad at Kate for not telling the cop everything she kept discovering. Like she was finding out things and then just not telling any of the police. Girl, what are you doing? Um, So anyway, yeah, one star. Well, based on that, I know one thing. I should have gone first because how do you follow that? You you can't. (laughs) You can't follow that. Also, one star. And as I said earlier, that's with the half star credit for having someone with special needs in the book. So it, it's a total of one star for this book. All right. Look, I'm coming for that Santa title. All right. <laughs> Five stars. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ruining gonna, the curve. I'm going to skew my... <laughs> No. Okay. So I only give one stars to books that are just like, you cannot even read it. It's so, so terrible. The writing's awful. You can't. Okay, Kate. (laughs) There were sentences. 
there were there were real sentences there was a plot whether you liked the plot or not there was a plot and I've read books that do not (laughs) I literally read a book one time that was like reading a series of text messages between like six-year-old girls I don't know it was like ee ah splat like I don't know so was that a picture book though (laughs) (laughs) no that was a self-published book and it's the worst book I've ever read and the only reason why I finished it was because the person was waiting on a review for me and I'm like I don't think you want my review so that's a one-star book this was slightly better than that so it gets a two-star okay I'm sure there are people out there who enjoyed this book and as I mentioned in the beginning this is definitely like mass market paperback like i there are people out there who read like one or two books every day and they just need a book to fill their shelf to read be able to read that many books and this is one of those books but i would not be able to read it in one sitting the reason why it took us so long to do this podcast is because it took me forever to read this book i mean granted i had a baby in there so (laughs) i'll use that as an excuse But it was really difficult to get through. And I would not have finished it if it wasn't for the fact that we would be talking about it. I don't want to influence your final score, but I think it's noteworthy that your first difficulty that you mentioned with the book, I mean, it was just tough to get through versus I had a child. (laughs) That was like an an, honorable mention as as to why it took so long. And not just a child, a second child. There was still another one. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll still be nice. And give it a two, but only because I want to be Santa next time. (laughs) (laughs) You're coming from a Jingle Bells. (laughs) Well, I feel like it's pretty accurate that I'm I'm middle. (laughs) But anyway, so we collectively do not recommend this book. But if you made it this far in listening to us, I'm sure you don't need us to tell you that. (laughs) Join us next time when we are talking about Firefly Lane by Krista Hanna. And it is also a show. So if you want to read the book and watch the show, we are going to be talking about both a little bit. Hopefully if we can all watch the show too. Uh, So join us for that. And thank you all for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Judging More Than Just the Cover podcast. I'm Amber Gregg. Join us next month to see what we thought of another best-selling book with a strong female main character. The chat doesn't end here. Let us know your thoughts in the comment area or connect with us on social media. Enjoyed the show? Share the love. Give us a review, like, follow, and a share with your friends. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Until next time, peace out. (laughs) 